Thanks for checking out the One Church podcast today. If you are new to One Church and want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at imonechurch.com. Now here's a special message from some of our youth. morning. I'm so excited to speak to each and every one of you. It'll be amazing. I'm so thankful for my youth pastors and my pastors, um, my parents for getting me the opportunity to be up here and speak to you guys today. I'm so excited. All right, so we'll be in 1 Samuel 16, uh, 13 through 12. Or 12 through 13, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, Bradley, learn how to read, please. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. All right, so who likes to wait here? Anyone? No? You don't? I love waiting. What are y'all talking about? Okay, and so none of y'all like to wait. I don't think anyone, like, likes to wait. It's just something that's, that's, like, we have to do it sometimes. And I feel like everything is based off of waiting, you know? Like, everything we do, you kind of have to wait for it, you know? And let me just tell you, God loves to wait. It's his favorite. Like, I don't know what it is, but, like, he just loves it. He's like, yeah, girl, you're going to wait. Like... <laughs> Yeah, you want that ramen noodles? You got to wait, girl. You got to wait. You know, you got to wait for everything. And in this verse, we see that David is, he gets anointed, and it says he goes back to Ramah, meaning he goes back to normal. So have you ever, like, you know, you're like, yes, like, you know, we get back from camp, our youth, we just got back from camp a few weeks ago, and everyone gets back so, like, fired up, and we're like, I know my calling, I know my purpose, and I feel like sometimes we think that the next day, you know, Chad Veach will call us up, hey, Justin Bieber is going to pick you up tomorrow morning, you know, you're going to preach at my church, it'll be amazing, I'm so excited, But sometimes that's not how it is. All the time, that's really not how it is. You get your calling and, you know, whoever is not going to say, hey, like, you know, he'll say you feel calling to singing. And Hillsong's not going to be like, yo, you know, you want to come to our big concert in Australia tomorrow night? Yeah? You ready? Like, that's how we kind of envision it. We're like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen tomorrow. You know, I'm going to get this calling. God's going to do these big, big, big things. And we're going to have this big, great old big, you know, thing the day after or the week after. But as it says here, David goes right back to usual. He goes right back to normal. So um, my first point is God sees us when others don't. God saw David working in the field and he saw him being faithful and waiting and doing everything he needed to. All right, so I just want to pay, pray us in real fast. <laughs> Sorry, guys. A um, little off. Okay. God, thank you for this day. I thank you for everyone here, God. And I pray that we were, you will open our hearts tonight, or today, God. And I pray that everyone here is, has their hearts and their ears and their um, mind open, God, to hear your word. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so David, you know, he... He works in the field with his sheep. Um, 
that doesn't sound too fun, you know, like working with sheep, like, mm, you know, that just isn't like dreams, like what we want to do. And I mean, it may be not, no judging here. Um, but maybe you're like, yes, I want to work with sheep. I don't, mm, yeah, I don't know. So when he gets called, he's like, okay, he goes back to normal and he works with his sheep. And he's like, do you want me to like talk to the sheep or like what? And when Samuel anointed him, let's see, it's like saying like a horse is a cow. You'd be like, excuse me, what are you talking about? You know? And it was like, yeah, this little boy right here, he's going to be king. Sometimes when we see, you know, I think of whenever I see When I like hear king, I'm like, okay, big, strong man, like big royalty, rich, you know, David's this little shepherd boy. Like, what are you talking about? King? I don't want him to be my king. He smells, you know? So God, but God saw him working in that field and God said, I saw him king before you did. I saw him king when you saw him as a shepherd. God sees you through every season that you go through, through the seasons that you think God's not seeing this. God sees you through every season of life. All right. Our next point is the difference between potential and power. All right. So I was in the uh, RC Youth Internship. It was amazing. I had so much fun. And it was our first day, and we are like, okay, we're going to go to the ropes course. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not a big climber, but, you know, whatever. So we get there, and I see all these big, like, obstacle courses, and I'm like, whoa, no thank you. You know, this isn't my cup of tea, not really what I like, not what I enjoy. Um, I'd rather be on the ground. So, but you know, we go through all these team building activities on the floor and I'm like, wow, this is great. I love this. And then all of a sudden our instructor's like, Hey guys, um, so it's time to do the ropes course. And everyone's like, yes. I'm like, no, let's stay here. I like it here. And so we, you know, we start, um, Randall, who's coming up next after me, Andy, he was like, Braley, um, I want you to be my partner. And I'm like, okay, fine. So we get up there and I see Randall going a little course and I'm like, oh, that's cute. Like, this will be fine. And then, you know, I take a step out and I'm like, no, no, uh uh-uh. And so I like step back. I'm like, come and get me take me down right now. And Randall's like, no, like, come on, you can do it. And he walks back from where he is and he grabs my hand and he walks with me again. I'm like, okay, that wasn't so bad with you. He's like, yeah, you can do it by yourself this time. So he goes and then I'm like, come get me. And he's like, oh my gosh. And so he comes back, he grabs my hand and he goes with me. That's exactly how God is. You will, he will not leave you where you are and he will not say, bye, like you're on your own. Goodbye. (laughs) No, God will be with you every step of the way. And sometimes it didn't feel like Randall was there. Sometimes I was like, Randall, come back, come back. He's like, I'm watching you. I'm right here. I'm holding your hand. I'm here every step of the way. So I had the potential to do this. Of course, everyone can do this. It's a ropes course. Like they didn't do it for you to, you know, fall and die. Like they did it for you to have a fun experience. So of course I had the potential to do this. 
But without Randall, I didn't have the power. So here, David, he has the potential to be king. Everyone has the potential to be king or queen. But he didn't have the power without his anointing. So if he would have said, hey, I'm going to work in this field, and then I'm going to go, I'm going to go be king. That's what I feel like doing, so that's what I'm going to do. No, that's, he wouldn't have had an anointing. So what if he, he wouldn't have been able to do it as good as he did it with the anointing as he did it without the anointing. Um, all right. So, um, all right. So say you wake up one day and you're like, I want to be crystal sparks. Mm -hmm. I want to do it. Do you think I can? You guys think so? I mean, I think I accomplished it, but so you may say, you know, I want to be crystal sparks. I'm going to eat like her, I'm going to talk like her, I'm going to sleep like her, study her while she sleeps, and I'm going to marry Brian Sparks, taking her husband, he's a pretty great husband, by the way, take notes, people, and so they're like, I want Crystal Sparks' life, she's great, she is funny, she is a pastor, she travels around the world, I want to be her, but could you be her? Could you be exactly her? No, like, I try hard. But obviously, I'm not Crystal Sparks. You know, I didn't walk up to you and you're like, oh, hey, Crystal. Like, no, I'm, I'm Braley. Because I have my calling. She has her calling. She has her anointing. I have my anointing. Okay. So if you, you know, if David would have said, I want to go work and I want to go I don't want to be with these sheeps anymore. sheep anymore. Sheeps, sure. Um, I don't want to be with these sheep anymore. I want to be a king. I want to be royal. Because all of us want that, you know, that luxury life. That's what we want. But he couldn't because he was David and God had his timing for him. Trust me, sometimes God's timing, you say, it's, it's been a little too long. You know, like, my life is going away. No, honey, you're 13. My life isn't going away. I'm like, I went on a mission trip last week, and I went to El Salvador. And I have been begging my dad for years since I was in kindergarten to go, to, to go on a mission trip. And I know sometimes it felt like, God, are you ever going to use me? Like, you called me to do this, but are you ever going to amuse me? My dad keeps saying no. Like, why? Why won't you tell him in his ear? Like, let her go. Like, that's what I picture. Like, him be in his room and God just be like, come on, let her go. He'd be like, okay, I'll let her go. So I finally get to do this. And it was on God's timing. If I would have gone when I was 9, 10, it wouldn't have been as good. And the outcome wouldn't have been as good as whenever I went. So you need to have patience with God, and you need to be on God's timing at all times. I know it's hard sometimes, but you have to be on it. All right, I want to pray us out real quick, and yeah, and then I'm done. Thank God. (laughs) All right. God, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for everyone here, God. And I pray that they use your timing in their life, God. I pray that they have your patience and that you give them perfect patience. In your name we pray, amen. Amen.
Wasn't that so good? That was so good. All right, well, hi, I'm Andy, and I play keys on the worship team. And if I'm not, I'll be in the, arts, in the one church kids area holding and loving on babies. So for today, we're going to be in 1 Samuel 17, 25 through 26. And if you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up here on the screen. Okay. And just some background information. This is this part where David has made his way to the camp because his dad had sent him to deliver bread and some cheese. And that's not very much. Like, come on. He's like, hey, go deliver some cheese (laughs) to your brothers. The men of Israel said, have you seen this man who is coming up? Surely he is coming up to defy Israel. The king will reward the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter in marriage and make his father's house free from taxes and services in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him. What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes the disgrace of his taunting from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he has taunted and defied the armies of the living God? Will you all pray with me as we get started? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you right now that your word is sharper and stronger than any two-edged sword. I thank you that your people are receptive to hear the word that you have brought to the light, Jesus. And I thank you so much for this day. Amen. Amen. So, who here has a dog? And who here knows it's tough raising a dog from a puppy to an actual dog? Like, it's tough. They're, they're messed up. Well, in third grade, we, my mom finally decided I was ready to have my own dog. Well, we go to the dog breeder's house, and they open the crate to let out all the litter of German Shepherd. And here come all these other dogs, and they run to the owner that they're more familiar to. But there was this one dog who stood out, and she ran to me, and she jumped on my legs, and she was scratching me, and I was kind of in pain that day. (laughs) Puppy claws are sharp. And I decide I want to take her home. And so I take her home. We name her Diamond. And, you know, with new puppies, you have to put up gates around the house so that they don't bite shoes, pee wherever they want, or chew up expensive furniture that you use your money to buy. Well, we put her in this room. We put a gate there so she won't jump over or climb over. Well, how many of you know there's so much stuff that that dog wants on the other side of that gate that it's like, oh, that, mm, those, those shoes right there. And those Converse... Well, one day we come home and the gate's open and there's a hole in the carpet. There's a hole in the couch. You know, puppies. And here Diamond is and she's happy to see us come home. Well, one day I'm home and I'm, I'm just sitting there and I hear the gate open. And I'm like... And I come out and I peek over and here Diamond is... She's standing on the gate, pulling the lever and pushing it with her body. And how many of us here want to say we can be like Diamond, where there's this giant that's twice our size standing in our way, and we can just think instantly, there, I, want, I can open it just like that, and there, I'm on the other side where I was called to be, where there's the shoes that I love, the couch that I love, and the carpet that I love. 
I think David is such a prime example in this story because here David is not letting an object or an obstacle stand in his way to victory. And so that brings me to my first point. Stop looking at what we have and start looking at who we have. Um, In the scripture, Saul, he gives David armor to protect him from Goliath. Well, Saul was looking at what he had rather than who he had. But here David is, and he's saying, no, I have trust and I have faith in God that he will help me because he knows who he has rather than what he has. That brings me to my second point. What's standing in your way? What is standing in your way? Saul, he was letting this giant, Goliath, a physical object, stand in his way to victory for Israel. But here David is. He's trusting. He's having faith that God will bring him to the other side. For those of you who don't know, we have a little girl here. Her name is Lily Sai. Sweetest little girl ever you'll ever meet. She's three years old. And three-year-olds, they're pretty small. And... um, she decides she wants to pull a road case. Well, a road case is a big, giant box on wheels that weighs at least five times her weight. And here she is, and she goes, I want to pull that road case, because I know I can. And so we're kind of, we're all standing there in the one church department where we're going, mm, I don't know, I don't know, Lily, you might, might hurt yourself, but you, you got this, just go from behind and push it. And here she is, and she's trying so hard, and she's pushing, and then it starts moving. And we're all just, like, we're baffled. We're like, what's going on? How is she moving this on her own? What we didn't know, and what Lily didn't know, was on the other side, here's Dusty, and he's pulling this road case to help her move it out of her way. And I don't know what you came in here with today, whether it be a giant of addiction or a giant of insecurities, or maybe it's a giant of labels, and someone's told you you can't do something, so you're letting it stop you from doing this thing. Well, I want you to know that God's on the other side, and he's pulling the giant, and he's helping you move it. That brings me to my third and final point, and I'm done. God is in the fight. Saul, he he wanted to win the battle by himself. He wanted to say, I won the victory, I'm the army captain that was like, I want it for Israel. But David, he was doing it for the glory of God. Because here Goliath was defying the Israelites, who aren't the army of Israel, they're the army of the living God. And so here he is, and he says, you're not going to defy the, the Israelites, and you're not going to taunt them, because they are the army of the living God. And that brings me to a few years ago, I was sitting, talking to my mom, and she asks me, Andy, do you want a little sibling? And, you know, how many here have siblings? (laughs) Praying for you, praying for you. (laughs) And I'm thinking, I I don't really, I don't want one. I want to be the only child. I want to be the center of attention. I want to be, I want to be the one. Well, after talking to so many people and them telling me that it's so much fun and it's so worth it and that I was just focusing on the negatives, I realized that I wanted to not have a sibling because of me. I wanted to stop it because of me. And I wanted to do it for me, 
but I wasn't thinking of what my mom was thinking. I wasn't thinking of what my dad was thinking. And that just makes me think, how many of us here are looking at what we have rather than who we have? And how many of us here are thinking about ourselves and not God? We all pray with me as we end our time together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you've equipped this message for us here today, Lord. And I thank you that we're going to overcome giants, Father. That we know you're on the other side fighting the fight, pulling the giant out of our way, Father. So we can do what you've called us to do. And it's in your precious name I pray. Amen. Good morning. Hasn't today been awesome? Yes. It has been awesome. Uh, my name is Jimmy Sai. Me and my wife get the awesome opportunity to lead the student ministry here. Um, and I just want to just, just take a moment. Can we get up for both of these, uh, both of these students real quick? That was so awesome. So proud of them. So proud of them. Come on. Yes. So proud of them. It takes... It takes a lot, of, uh, a lot of guts to get up here and for them to come up here and deliver awesome messages. That was so awesome, so awesome to see, so proud of them. Uh, but both of those students were part of our summer internship, and we just took four weeks out of the summer and really just poured into them biblically, leadership-wise, even taught them practical uh, life things, taught them about finance Uh, Their favorite part was we made them work out in 100-degree weather. That was their favorite part. They loved that part. Um, They wish they could do that part every day. But but every one of the the students, we had 14 students, and every one of the students, uh, part of their assignment was to prepare and deliver a message. Uh, Most of them, it was their first message ever. But that was their assignment. They had to study, they had to prepare, and then deliver the message. And I just want to tell y'all how hard it was uh, to get to pick the ones that were going to be able to preach to you this morning. They all did phenomenal. Uh, so not even just the ones today, but every single one of them did phenomenal. And I'm going to tell y'all, we have some preachers in this house. They can preach. They can preach. If this is your first time here, we welcome you. Thank you for joining us. And I just want to invite you to come back next week. Uh, one of our lead pastors, Pastor Brian, Pastor uh, Crystal Sparks, will be preaching. And, and y'all, if this is your first time here, you got to come back. They are my favorite preachers. They are awesome. So you have to come back uh, next week, and you have to hear them. But we welcome you. Thank you for joining us. And the students did awesome, so that was a treat as well. Uh, but I'm going to be in 1 Samuel 18. 1 through 4 today. 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4. Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore, meaning David went to the castle that day. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant between, uh, made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David in his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. I'm going to preach a, a message today titled, Excited About the Palace. Excited About the Palace. Let me pray as we begin. 
Father, we just thank you right now. We thank you for this time. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to help me preach fast. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we just, we just give you this time. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen, amen. Have you ever been so excited about going somewhere or doing something, but it didn't turn out to what you expected it to be? Uh, I think we can all agree we've had moments like that. Uh, the most common one is probably restaurants. You know, your friend is telling you about this restaurant, telling you how awesome it is, telling you you got to try it. You're getting pumped up. You're getting excited. And then when you go, it's not what you expected. Oh, come on, ladies, nail salons. Your friend said, I got my nail did at this place. You got to go. They are awesome. It's amazing. And then you go, and your nails are all jacked up. Not what you expected. Not what you expected. Come on, guys. You know, your friend, you got to go to this one place. They do a good fade. I'm telling you, it's really good. You go, your fade is lopsided. Not what you expected. Not what you expected. Uh, for, for years, one of these places uh, where I built up a lot of excitement and it didn't live up to my expectation was Disney. I know, I'm going to get some booze right now, but the guys are going to give me some yays. Come on, guys, give me some yays. Go ahead, give me some yays. One of these places was Disney. Uh, I grew up not, not ever going to Disney. My parents, um, I guess, didn't like vacations. They didn't take me anywhere. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't like vacations? Y'all pray for them, okay? Um, but we never went many places. We didn't go vacationing. That We never went to Disney. So I didn't get to go to Disney until I was a grown adult. Uh, yeah, I'm not grown yet, but uh, older, older, older. I didn't go to Disney until I was married. Uh, we went as a family. So all these years, I built up a lot of excitement. Uh, you know, Disney claims to be the, the most magical place on earth. It also claims to be the happiest place on earth. So, so my expectations were up here. They were pretty high. When you tell me something is magical, it better be magical. When you tell me it's the happiest place on earth, I better not get mad. I better not get frustrated. I better not get annoyed. If it's the happiest place, that's what I'm thinking. I remember pulling up to Disney, walking up to the gate for the very first time as a family. That's not what I expected. It's not what I expected. Uh, walking up to the ticket counter, the line looked just as long as the line at Six Flags in Arlington, Texas. So I went to a different state to stand in a line that looks like Six Flags in Arlington, Texas. That's in the same state I live in. Crazy, crazy. Why would we do that? Why would we do that? As the day went on, I started realizing it was just as hot as it is in Arlington, Texas. So I went to a different state to be in the heat, and I could have stayed in Arlington, Texas and been in the same heat. The lines were just as long. So I went to a different state to stand in line. Crazy. But I will say this, though. The churros were magical. So I will give them the churros. The churros were magical. But yet, I expected them to grow on trees. You know, God promised a land of uh, flowing milk and honey. Disney is magical. Why aren't the streets lined with churros? I don't understand why I have to pay for them. Should be the happiest place on earth. Should be magical. Churros should just be laying around. 
and I should be able to pick them up and eat them whenever I want. We've all been in places or situations or seasons or opportunities where it's not what we expected. It's not what we expected. In the text I read, I believe, so we, in the text I read, this is David finally making it to the palace. And what you have to understand, this text picks up right after he defeats Goliath. So if I were to defeat Goliath and they were going to take me to the palace, I'm expecting some royal treatment. I'm expecting they're going to do my toes every day. They're going to do my nails every day. They're going to give me a back rub every day. I just did a big deal. Come on, I made it into the Bible. There would be no David and Goliath without me. I did a big deal. I'm expecting something grand. But as we read on, with his experience in the palace, I'm guessing probably didn't live up to his expectation. Because as we read on, the current king, Saul, actually tries to kill him multiple times. He throws spears at him. Uh, The current king, Saul, actually uh, sends him out to battle several times to try to get him killed. Uh, He's like, I can't kill him with spears. I'm going to send him to the battle. Hopefully he gets killed there. And then as we read on, he eventually has to flee the palace uh, and go into the wilderness in hiding. That's not the palace I was expecting. That's not the palace I was expecting. But what's beautiful is even though in the midst of all these circumstances and, and what it looked like, I love how David, above all else, is referenced as a man after God's own heart. He's referenced as a man whom God is with. That's beautiful. Because I know when I was at Disney and it wasn't what I expected, I was referenced as an angry man, a frustrated man, an annoyed man. Most important, a broke man. Went home broke. But there was a moment where everything changed. At Disney, there was a moment. It did get better. Uh, I remember we were just going on our day, and, and I just looked at the corner of my eye, just seeing what my girls were doing. And I caught a glimpse of their face. And I saw the excitement and the joy on their face. When I focused on their face, I began to only see excitement and joy and happiness. I no longer saw the long lines. I no longer saw the people that annoyed me. I did kind of see them, but I was more focused on my girls. I I, I stopped focusing on how much money we're spending, but focused on happiness and joy. So how did David do this? How did he live a life where he was known as a man after God's own heart? It wasn't because he was perfect. It wasn't because he didn't make mistakes. How was he known as a man who God, who God was with? Was it because he was perfect? I believe above all else, he seeked the face of God. Above all else. Just like my attitude changed when all I focused on was my girl's face. I believe the life of David, he made the decision to only look at the face of God. So as King Saul is throwing spears at him, 
All he sees is faithfulness. All he sees is goodness. All he sees is mercy. All he sees is grace. He doesn't see the spears. As he's looking at Goliath, he doesn't see a giant. He's looking up at the face of God. He's looking at a God that's faithful. He's looking at God that's strength. How do we do it? I believe we have to take the example of David. Maybe, maybe we've prayed for a spouse. Come on, God, give me a spouse. Tired of being single. Give me a spouse. God sends you one. Ah, oh, this is it. He or she is perfect. Perfect. All right, I'm going to pray one more time. God, if this is the one, give me peace. Give me peace about it. Because I'm about to ask the question. Give me peace. God gives you peace. All right, this is it. Going to pop the question. Honeymoon comes honeymoon goes it's not what I expected it's not what I expected no one told me about bills no one told me about the dirty dishes no one told me about the diapers no one told me about the slight arguments no one told me about balancing work and a family it's not what I expected But when we begin to focus on the face of God, all we see is grace. All we see is mercy. We don't see the bills. We don't see the diapers. We don't see that stuff. All we see is a God that's good. Maybe you prayed for a job. God, line things up. I need a promotion. I need you to open the door. I need you to start a new season for me. If you do it, God, I'll step into it. I really will. Last time you did it, I didn't step into it. But this time, I really will step into it. God opens the door. You step into it. You're so excited. Walking in a new season. This is going to be good. It's going to be really good. What happens when it's not what you expected? I expected to work less. I expected more pay. Come on, this is a manager position. My boss is supposed to be leave me alone. Not check on me more. I expected freedom, more freedom, do what I wanted. It's not what I expected. But when you begin to focus on the face of God, you don't worry about the things your boss are doing. You don't worry about the things that are wrong with your job. All all you see is faithfulness, goodness, mercy, grace, healing, provision. That's all you see. That's all you see. I don't know how you came in today. I don't know if you're in a season, an opportunity, where it's not what you expected. Maybe it's not what you expected. And you've caught yourself taking your focus on the face of God and looking at the circumstances. And I just want to encourage you today. Let's live a life like David. But we're so focused on the face of God, that's all we see. That's all we see. We don't see the circumstances. We don't worry about if it's what we expected or not expected. All we're focused on is the face of God. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know. I don't know if your marriage, you're in a season where your marriage is not what you expected. You walked into a new job or you launched, a, launched your business, it's not what you expected. And you've caught yourself taking your focus off the face of God 
and you're so focused on the circumstances, you're so focused on what it looks like or what it doesn't look like. In this place, I just want to declare, we're going to refocus on the face of God. In this place, I declare, we just shift our focus back to God and only see provision. We only see healing. We only see grace, mercy, salvation, redemption. That's all we see. But one thing I love, when we shift our face and seek the face of God, we can't help but to see love. We can't help but to see love. A love that's so deep that he sent his one and only son for you. A love so deep that Jesus died on a cross for you and me. A love so deep that we don't have to earn it. A love so deep that we don't deserve it. A love so deep that it's free. At One Church, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go online to imonechurch.com slash give. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at imonechurch.com. Thanks for listening and have a great week.